Wow, this has been a, um, by the way, just you know, a few side notes. This has been an amazing fast. Like, um, I've been doing uh, probably uh, like January 21-day fast for probably close to a decade now, but but I haven't felt this much grace like on a fast. It's almost like God is um, doing some things in our midst that, um, that maybe we didn't expect. But, and I've heard that from several others, too, that there's just a grace. But um, I've had a lot of dreams in this season, especially the last probably four weeks. Um, I'm probably having three, four dreams a week. Uh, some of them I don't resonate with me, I'll just be honest. And even this one didn't resonate initially. Um, I just laughed about it. I thought it was just another dream. And uh, kind of like Marcus's, the dream I had about Marcus in the soccer game, and I was uh, Mike the next day said, no, this. And then it just created this explosion of, uh, of revelation, and the Lord started speaking. So I had this dream back on the 16th a couple weeks ago. Mike, myself, and the guy from the State Farm Insurance commercial. Everyone know that guy that's on there with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I was going to say I can look at JR because he watches a little football. I, rumor has it. We were, we were on bikes riding down an alley or a street. There were homes on the left and homes on the right. Like it was on a loudspeaker, the State Farm guy said this. If you can kick the football over the house, you'll save 40% on your insurance. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. Like, <laughs> I, you, you cannot make this stuff up. And he was talking to Mike. So Mike got off his bike. <laughs> First and foremost, he had to get off the bike before he's going to kick this ball. And he kicked the ball over the house. The house. Remember that, the house, right? The house was attached to this used car lot, but it wasn't a normal lot. It was like a house on the front end and extended backwards and was a business, a used car sales business on the back end. There were cars everywhere in the alley, driveway, etc. Mike and or, or, and or I knew the family that owned the car business in the house, and I felt like they were part of our church family. I remember some people that were there from The Rock, Marcus, other leaders, and several other people that were faceless. You guys know how in their dreams sometimes you just sense, like, okay, I know everyone here, or it's my family, or just you don't see faces necessarily, but you're, um, but you're definitely um, with family or whoever it is that you, you sense in the dream. The cars were all different styles, years, makes, and models. Surprisingly, they were all in very, very good shape. As we started looking at the cars, I noticed that they were missing certain parts or pieces. I remember one was missing some lug nuts off the tire, and another was missing a headlight. One was missing a bumper, and one was missing the side mirrors. And then I just, I remember just the, I don't remember any more specifics than that about the car parts that were missing from the cars. But, um, but it was like there were several more, if you know what I mean. And that's what I remember from the dream. Once again, didn't feel like it was significant, but the Lord, as I woke up, started to speak. He said, the only insurance you have in your house, in our house, is Jesus. Not car, house, or property insurance will protect us like our Father in heaven. Not even with a 40% discount, by the way, on air insurance. I hear the Lord saying, you are about to see an acceleration and increase of upgrades. 
Just as the bikes and cars represent ministries and churches, you will be upgrading from two wheels to a vehicle with four. I am going to add to your number, says the Lord. There are many used cars that will be sitting or parked in the lot, i.e., these are dead churches ready to close their doors or those that are experiencing challenges or those that are, just need someone to come, another body to come alongside to and bond together in unity. They are used cars, churches or ministries, that is, and the enemy has stolen parts off the car, off the cars. They are looking for a house that will fix them up and get them running properly again. I believe The Rock is about to see many churches knocking at the door of the house. They are bumped, dinged, and bruised, looking for a place that will look after them and the passengers in the car. I feel like the Lord is saying, take them in. You will not feel completely equipped, but my grace is sufficient to provide where there will be voids. All the preparing we have been, you have been doing and are still doing is not just for those individuals that God is or has been sending to us. It's for bodies of believers that God will be sending to us. I am recalling my dream and the word that I had from July 2020, the violent shaking dream for those of you that remember that. The Lord spoke this and that. He said, churches will close at alarming rates and bring new meaning to the term M&A. Was that a sign? <laughs> uh, right? He'll bring new meaning to the term M&A, merger and acquisition. There will be consolidation of church and bodies, and those that stewarded well the little now will be given a lot. Those, that will be, those places will become the apostolic centers of power and authority that people will flock to in times of desperation or shaking, if you guys remember that dream. So as I, uh, as I meditated on this dream a little more this afternoon, uh, I felt like the Lord was, was saying this. He spoke this. He said, when you make the choice to obtain kingdom insurance, God will grace you with heavenly assurance. Insurance is obviously John 3.16, for God so loved the world. He gave his only son for those who believe in him would have an everlasting life. But the assurance, I believe, is the assurance in the faith that we have in the one. He took me to Hebrews 10.22, which is interesting because I didn't know what we were going to speak on tonight or what kind of where the, the Spirit was leading us tonight. But to Hebrews 10.22 says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies or the body washed with pure water. And I feel like the Lord is saying there is a cleansing of the body taking place in this hour. Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 2 says, now faith is confidence in that which we hope for and assurance of what is, it is that we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Ancients, remember that. God is reestablishing some things, guys. I know you've heard this word many times, but he's resetting the foundations. He's reestablishing the church. He's going back today. He, said, he spoke, he said, I'm going to restore the ancient of days and the ancient of ways. Also known as the fivefold. If you guys look back, I've been really reading the last probably three weeks. Hi, Seneca, how are you? Um, he's really been uh, speaking to my heart about the intentional seasons we've been through in the last century or so. 
And there was a very, for those of you that know, there's, there's been some very intentional season. There was a very intentional apostolic movement, a very intentional prophetic movement, 80s and 90s, and then the 90s into the 2000s on the, the prophetic and the apostolic. But then there was an evangelistic, right, uh, during the 60s and 70s in the Jesus movement, a teaching movement, and a pastoring movement. My point is this, that there's, a, there's, an, there's an assurance in the manifestation of insurance, or assurance is the manifestation of insurance. My point is this, is that God is reestablishing things in the earth. And I feel like this, the, there's the unity of the body that's taking place right now, and I believe it's going to be accelerated as well. I'm not going to read it all, but in 1 Corinthians 12, you guys know about the diversity in the body. And it talks about, you know, the, 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 because the hand, because I say I'm the hand, I don't belong to the body, or the feet don't belong to the hand, and if I'm the hand, I can't operate as the, you know, it's all over the board. But my point is this, is that there are many parts, but one body. And I believe even speak, speaking of the broken parts or the missing parts of the body that I spoke of in this dream and the revelation from it is, is what God is speaking to here. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Just skipping through a couple of verses. This is 1 Corinthians 12 through 31. And in verse 28, it says, And God has placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, etc., etc. When they're talking about this body, they're talking about the members. They're talking about individuals. It's right on the heels or on, after um, the word is talking about the gifts, the, the nine manifestations of the one spirit. And, and, and we read the scripture and we're like, okay, that's, that's us. That's a people. Like, like Ray may be the hand, I may be the feet, Mike may be the ears, JR may be the eyes. I would actually, I would actually propose this after listening to, just hearing what the Lord was speaking to my heart. We think it's the body and individuals, but what if it was the body as individuals that were part of the bodies? Almost like we're bodies, but collectively we're part of an ecosystem. We're part of a, a church, if you will. And if we're part of a church, then that's a body. And I'm, I'm even seeing the scripture a little differently as it is these bodies of believers or congregations or other churches, meaning small c, that is. There's a realignment taking place. There's a realigning of the body. And our job, this is what I feel. I feel like we've overcomplicated this thing in so many regards. Um, I feel like the Lord's saying it's not going to be as complicated as you think. I always say simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> love God, love your neighbor. By the way, your neighbor means other churches, other bodies that are coming together in this hour. I even look back at um, when they tried to, the Pharisees tried to trick Jesus. They tried to trick Jesus and they said, if, okay, if you're so smart, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. The other eight commandments there are don't touch, don't feel, don't taste, don't, 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 don't. And I've said this before, but I'll say, and I'll say it again. I don't think God's so un interested right now in the don'ts as he is in the do's, which is have relationship. I believe three things over 2021. 
um, I believe, relationship, which I just spoke. The two that he spoke of obviously deal with relationship. None of the others do. So there's got to be importance on the two that he mentioned. <laughs> We're love God, love your neighbor. I believe that in 2021, that literally we're going to come together, as Psalm 133 talks about, in unity. And God's actually going to command the blessing. He's actually going to command the blessing. This is where I think that simple part comes in. If we come together in unity, in relationship, God will do his part and command the blessing, as verse 3 talks about in Psalm 133. And I believe that there's a, a five-fold reestablishing throughout the earth. We've seen it over the last decade or so in certain churches and certain bodies around the globe. But I feel it's going back to that word. I'm reestablishing the ancient of days and the ancient of ways. So I just wanted to share that. I want to pray into it um, a little bit, and, um, and then I'll have Mike come up and, uh, and share, I think. So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you. God, I thank you that you're reestablishing and resetting some things throughout the earth, Lord. God, I thank you, even as I declared it and proclaimed it and you spoke it today, Lord, I thank you, God, that there's a realigning coming of the body, Lord. It actually looks like something. It looks like unity. It looks like us putting aside our agendas, us putting aside all the things that maybe we hold dear, Lord. And just loving the one in front of us, God. Coming together in unity, God. To walk in your kingdom and to advance your kingdom, Lord. God, I just released that word today, Lord. In fact, I just prophesy that word. That there's a realignment of the body in unity. There's a realignment of the body in unity taking place in this hour. And that 2021 is a year of acceleration, Lord. And, a, and, a, and, a, and where the body's going to come together in unity, where you command the blessing, God, over your children, over the body, over the bride, over the church, God, capital C, that is. So, Lord, I just release that right now in the mighty loving name of Jesus. Amen. I'm just going to share a few quick things, and then uh, Marcus is going to take over here and uh, share a little, a lot more. On, I think on the on the sanctification part, but uh, and then we'll have a chance to pray. But I just what Marcus was, or, or what uh, Tracy was was speaking into. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's some of you are, some of you aren't. There's a uh, something called the the 400 gathering, and it's um, it's something the Lord actually put on my heart back in uh, September of 2019. And uh, and all of a sudden, I, I, I didn't know what it was for or how it was going to work, but uh, the Lord's just kind of setting the, the table here for this. And, uh, and then it's crazy with all the things happening, how we're realizing like, oh, it's for this very time. And I'm not going to read the whole vision. Um, I wrote, when I wrote it, uh, it was the day after uh, we had the this... Uh, Worship on the Rocks at, at Red Rocks. It was a beautiful night um, and uh, a lot of worshipers, and, and we were there, and, and the Lord just began to download this to me on that, on that evening. Uh, I got up the next morning and wrote it down. I thought it was just for me. It's gone out to uh, about 4,000 churches now uh, in, the, in the region, 
And, um, and so this 400 gathering is actually church leaders, uh, leaders of ministries, intercessors coming together uh, to pray and to, to really lay things down. So even just what Tracy was speaking into, I just see the, the tie to that. But this is the part I want you to hear. Um, he said he's asking for those pastors who say yes to partner together in a way that they're laying down the agenda or, of building or maintaining their church for the greater purpose of building his church through the unity of the body and seeing the giftings of each church used to strengthen other churches. So we are just hearing uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we're in a time where the Lord is, is establishing something, and, and, and it's important to be, to be aware of these times. And so some of the things we're just saying here is, is just this awareness of what the Lord is actually doing and how he's bringing his church together. By the way, this meeting is going to be uh, this coming Monday morning uh, for three hours. We're meeting and gathering and, and really just seeking the Lord together, humbling ourselves together. The Lord said this. He said, I feel like, I wrote this. I just said, I feel like the keys will be extensive prayer, fasting, worship together, seeking his face, bringing the church into a new understanding of holiness and righteousness. This is that sanctification uh, that we're going to be talking, we're talking about here, that becomes a new way of life with a new focus of harvesting souls and cultivating warriors. The, the focus of the church has not actually been on the harvest and on discipleship. It's been on kind of building the platforms and building up the programs and, and, uh, and, Every, I think every church talks to it, and it's kind of a, a side note, but here's, here's how we know. In the church, we see, I think, the growth rate of, of the church is for every, uh, I've got to remember the Barna statistic, I think it's for every $100,000 and uh, like 10 pastors and every church, there's one believer that comes into the kingdom every year. Um, and I think it's every million dollars <laughs> that's placed in, into the church. So I'd have to go back and look at the stat. But re regardless, it's ridiculous. <laughs> we should be seeing a harvest. We should be seeing souls come into the kingdom. But then there's a second part to that. There, we need, this is, we've been talking about mothers and fathers. My dad and I just shared last week. We need those spiritual mothers and fathers to rise up in this season and, and they're the ones that are going to actually speak truth into people's lives. And, uh, and it's, it takes a spiritual maturity of the Word and the Spirit to speak truth into situations. And, but in that, there's a sanctification that's happening to the body. And this is so beautiful. This is, it talks about this in Ephesians, how the, basically God's household is being raised up. The temple of the Lord is being raised up. It's being sanctified in this very season so that the Lord may dwell with us. The, the bride is being, it's, it's, a, it's a pure and a spotless bride that Jesus is coming back for. He's not coming back for a bride that is not pure and not spotless. And this sanctification process is part of what is happening in this season right now. We are... We are in the end times. We are getting close to the end. We don't know when the end will happen, but we're in it, and, uh, and it's, it's beautiful. Um, are we going to get to see the return of Jesus? I can tell you the date. No, I'm just kidding. I have... <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody ever 
don't ever buy a book where somebody tells you the date of when Jesus is returning, please. Uh, <laughs> especially when they write a second book on the because <laughs> they missed it the first time. <laughs> like, dear Lord. Um, anyway, side note, squirrel. As we were praying, we've been praying and fasting, and we've been gathering together on Monday mornings with about 20 different churches. Uh, not all of them are necessarily able to make the call, but then we'll record and send it out to the other pastors. Um, but some of the things that we're hearing, uh, there's just there's a commonality. We're like, oh, they're hearing this, and we're hearing this, and they're hearing this. But one of the things uh, is this. He is coming soon. And uh, Revelation 22 talks to this. It just says, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is myth- with me. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. This is that sanctification. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. But then catch this next part. It says, outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murders, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. And then Jesus says this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David, and I am the bright morning star. And then this is our part. The Spirit and the bride say, come. This is the invitation. I think a lot of times we read this and we go, oh, these are the guys, those idiots, the ones who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters. Uh, the part that we need to catch there is the, is the heart of God is that he's inviting them to come into something beautiful. He's inviting them to come in. And it says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. We were feeling this as we were just going through and talking with all the pastors and, and, uh, and kind of leaders in the area that there is such a season right now of he is coming soon. And, and there's a, we, we talk about prepare, prepare, prepare. There's one of the other kind of themes that we were feeling. And, but that prepare is prepare for the coming of the Lord. This, this is with respect to, I think, the fathers and mothers. It's, you know, Malachi 4 talks about the hearts of the fathers returning to the hearts of the children and, and the hearts of the children then returning to the hearts of the fathers. Uh, this, is, this is a key piece of this that we understand uh, that it's not just prepare, and especially it's not prepare for, like, for disaster. <laughs> it's prepare for what is going to come. Get things ready because he is coming back, and that preparation needs to happen now. And part of this is that we expand the kingdom, that we go after the lost. We actually actually capture the heart of the Father. And then there's that sanctification process. So I'm going to let Marcus talk to that. Um, Oh, let me just say this real quick. You can, you can get on. <laughs> um, this is really cool. Uh, Jean, Jean said, the, I was talking to Jean Stephenson. Uh, I don't know if you know who she is, but um, I, I 
quoted a piece of it in the email I just sent out uh, this afternoon, but there's three of them I just want you to hear. I felt like it's important. Um, normally, she'd be on these calls, but she's been on some other calls, so th- she is part of this kind of leadership for Colorado, and she was asking some questions, and here was the first one. She asked the Lord, what do we need right now? And this is what, this is what she heard. He said, encourage to stand, eyes to see and ears to hear me and to understand and an understanding heart, sorry, and an understanding heart to walk in my ways with all wisdom and revelation to discern the times. Protect your faith. Trust me. Know my love that it will not fail you. The second question, God, what are you doing? And he said this, I am watching to see Who has a heart after me? There's this sanctification, purification of our hearts. I'm watching to see who has a heart after me. I will gather them unto me. They will be my voice, my chosen ones, to represent me. All that I am in these end times, they will take my kingdom rule and execute my judgment in the earth. And then the last one, what about the church? And this is what the Lord said. There will be a great falling away. It will separate those who are of my spirit and those who are not. Where I dwell, my people will experience my glory and my grace in my kingdom realm of power and love. There is a separation happening, and, uh, and it is by the spirit. I talked about and I said, and I stated it in that email, and, and I wrote this, and it went out, it's gone out to, a few thousand pastors and churches. But I just said in 2021, this will be a year where the church aligns with Jesus, with King Jesus. Holiness and righteousness are eminent and true humility established through his love and truth will pave the way. God is cleaning house. He is purifying his bride and he is awakening his church. It's not a time to sit and watch, but to stand firm to engage, we will not shrink back. Amen. So good. Unity, sanctification, the Lord's soon return. We're living in uh, exciting times. This is a good time to be alive. This is a good time to be walking with Jesus. This is, the Lord's getting us ready for some of the most exciting, glorious, yes, hard in the way of maybe some persecution, some suffering, but glorious in the way of being empowered by His Spirit, being a messenger for Jesus, being a witness for Jesus. And um, I'm excited. Mike says it often, but I'm, I'm excited for what's ahead. Even if it is a little hard, even if it's a little challenging, I'm excited because when the darkness gets darker, the light shines brighter. And we're supposed to be set upon a lampstand, a lampstand to give light to all. We're supposed to be that salt. And the Lord says, I'm committed to that call of my church to be light. (laughs) I'm committed to that call of my church to be a witness for me in the earth.
But speaking to this, this, um, this idea of sanctification, stalling a little bit, my wife is bringing my Bible that I left in my office. Thank you so much, Faith. You just get used to seeing things, certain things on certain parts of the page, and you see them in a, a Word doc. They just don't look the same. But on this subject of sanctification, sanctification means to be set apart for Jesus. Now, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were set apart for Him. You were justified by His blood and you were set apart. But the Bible speaks of we are sanctified, but we are still being sanctified. We're growing in holiness. We're growing in our knowledge of the truth. We're growing in our obedience of the truth. Until the day where we, have, where we are glorified in the presence of Jesus. How many of you guys are excited to be glorified in your resurrected body? But right now, are, yeah, amen, I am too. I really am. I meditate often on the hope of that day. I want to serve Jesus well now as I look to the hope of what I am called to. But we are called to be sanctified, to be set apart, to walk in greater levels of holiness now. And, I, and during this fast, it was last week, I just felt like the Lord say, go real slowly through the book of Luke. So I've been going real slowly through the book of Luke, just a chapter a day, and, and, uh, and praying into it. And I got to Luke chapter 11. And it's the famous passage of the Lord's Prayer and on prayer in general. And the Lord spoke to me something through the Lord's Prayer. And I just uh, want to highlight it and it's going to tie into sanctification. It said, verse 1, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Get that, Jesus was praying. Jesus prayed. It's always good to just stop and go. I want to pray as you prayed. (laughs) Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now they had seen Jesus praying, they had seen Jesus going off and spending time with the Father, and they had seen the fruit, they had seen the the intimacy, and they had seen the, the power on his teaching. And I love it. Around Luke 11, they finally get it together and they go, hey, can you teach us that prayer? Like how you, what, how do you pray, Jesus? I would be asking the same question. I'm still asking the same question. Jesus, teach me to pray. Keep me renewed in my commitment to prayer. And so they say, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, and we're all very familiar with this. It says, Father, hallowed be your name. And I just paused on that hallowed be your name. And I was asking the Lord to give me new revelation, to show me what it means when I pray, hallowed be your name in the earth. What are you doing? What am I asking for? What am I, what am I What's going to be your response when I pray this prayer? The RSV says, um, sanctify your name. 
And so I was praying that, Lord, hallowed be your name. Lord, sanctify your name. Set your name apart in the earth as holy. Let people see you for who you are and not for who they try to get you to be or try to explain you to be. Let them see you as holy. And so I was just asking the question, Lord, how do you do this? How do you sanctify your name in the earth? And the thought dropped in my heart, I think it was the Holy Spirit, of just go to the Old Testament and, and, and look at the times where the Father is talking about His name and is talking about sanctifying His name and hallowing His name. So I started to do some word searches and, and I was led to, um, to Ezekiel chapter 36. And I know Ezekiel chapter 36 pretty well. It's, it's one of the famous New Covenant passages of the Old Testament. You got Ezekiel chapter 36, you got Jeremiah 30, 31 to 32. You have a few that speak to, you got Jeremiah 24, that speak to the, the new covenant that we get to walk in now and that the earth will walk in fullness when Jesus returns and rules the nations. And so I was a little shocked because I was like, I know this chapter. Like, I don't remember much about the Lord sanctifying his name. But here's what it says in verse 22. It says, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name. So that gets our attention right there. God's going to do something. For the sake of his holy name. And then he says, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. So Israel has profaned the name of the Lord. God's going to do something to, for the sake of his holy name. And then he says in verse 23, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name. Some translations say, I will sanctify the glory of the, the holiness of my great name. It says, which you have profaned among the nations. So he's not letting him off the hook here. And which you have profaned among them. He says it again. The Lord's wanting them to get this point. They have done something to profane his name amongst the nations, and he's going to do something to vindicate the holiness of his name. He says it again. When through, now he introduces something new here. When through you, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. Okay, so the Lord's name has been profaned. He's going to vindicate the holiness of his name. And he's going to do it through the very people that profaned his name. So now, but right here, I'm thinking God's about to squash them like a bug. I mean, it has that feeling, right? Like, Oh, man, this is not, not good. You know, I've profaned his name. He's going to vindicate the holiness of his name. He's going to use me to vindicate the holiness. Oh, no, I'm dead. That is not what the Lord does. Look what he does. He says, so, Israel, I'm going to take you from the nations. I'm going to gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. And right there you're like, wait a second, we've just been banished from the land. Ezekiel's in Babylon when he's given this prophecy. The temple has been destroyed. 
the, the Jews are in captivity. They're not in their land. The Lord says, how am I going to vindicate my holy name? I'm going to unify you. I'm going to gather you to a land. And I just felt the Lord's heart for unity right here. Now, the Lord's going to do this when he returns for his people, Israel. And we can get into that. But the Lord's heart still, when he says, I'm going to vindicate the holiness of my name, the Lord never changes. He first starts with the unity of his people. And so it's what Tracy's dream was speaking to, the Lord bringing together bodies of believers. It's what Mike's word was speaking to, that there would be 400 churches, 400 pastors that would begin to walk together in in such unity that they're laying their lives down for one another, that the Lord begins to anoint his church once again to proclaim the gospel in our region. So to vindicate the holiness of his name, he starts with unity. But then what does he do? Verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. So he unifies his people, and then he says, that idolatry that you've been walking in, I'm going to wash you from it. I'm going to cleanse you from it. It's interesting that in Ephesians 5, Mike was bringing this up in the back room as we were praying, that in Ephesians 5, it, it talks about that God sanctifies his bride through the washing of the word. It actually says sanctify through the washing of the word of God. So the Lord's going to remove those idols. He's going to bring us into unity. He's going to cleanse us from our idolatry. Everyone say amen. And then, yes, Lord, God's calling right now. Just kidding. And then what's, he's going to, so he's going to unify us. He's going to cleanse us. And then in verse 26 through 28, he's going to fill us. Look at this. And I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. So when we pray, Father in heaven, sanctify your name, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He says, my response to that is to take the very people on the earth that have been profaning my name, to pull them into my kingdom, to unify them, to cleanse them, and then to fill them to where they obey my commandments from their hearts in an attitude and a posture of love to me. That's how he cleanses. That's how he sanctifies and set apart His name is holy in the earth through weak and broken people like us being filled with His Spirit. And so as I was looking at this, I just went into a time of intercession. Just, Lord, hallowed be Your name in the front range. Hallowed, sanctify Your name. I felt like the Lord answering me, Marcus, this is what this next season is going to be about. Unity cleansing from idolatry, and filling with my spirit. Um, So it's interesting, back to Luke 11. 
It starts out, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. But how does that section of prayer in Luke 11 end? If we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, and we won't give, you know, if they ask for bread, we won't give them a stone. A stone, if they ask for a serpent, a serpent, they're not going to ask for serpents. If they ask for fish, we're not going to give them a serpent. If we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So it's the same progression in Luke chapter 11. It begins with, I'm going to sanctify my name, and how am I going to do that? I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit to those who are asking me to pour it out. So, so these are some of the themes that we're feeling to uh, pray into tonight, just as a people. Mike, do you have anything to add? Okay. So, why don't we just stand? We're going to gather into groups of three and four here in a second. But just before we do, I'm, I'm going to, to close our corporate time in prayer, and then we're going to go to our, our smaller corporate time in prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mike says, as we're praying in our groups, if, if we wouldn't mind praying for the unity of the churches on Monday that are gathering, the unity of the leaders, and it takes the Holy Spirit to do this, guys. Like, we can get in a room. <laughs> it takes the Holy Spirit to unify our hearts that with one voice and one heart we glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, but this theme of unity, this thing of Lord, purify your church. Set us apart for your glory. I'm just kind of rehashing the themes that we're going to pray into. The theme of, I am coming quickly. I am coming soon. Get ready. Prepare. And the theme of, well, I've already said it, Lord, sanctify, Lord. Hallowed be your name. Sanctify your name. So God, we thank you for this fast. As this is one of our second to last corporate gatherings in this room. Lord, we ask you that your will would be done in the earth, that your kingdom would come in the earth, and we ask you that you would unify your church in this season, that you would bring the body of Christ together for the glory of your name, that you would bring the temple of God together as one living temple, and you would fill your temple with glory. You would fill your body with your Holy Spirit. And God, we ask you right now that, that you would cleanse us, that you would set us apart for your glory, that you would wash us with the water of the Word, that you would sanctify us through the Holy Spirit in an even greater way. God, I ask you to place in your church a desire to walk worthy of you and a desire for holiness that is burning from the Holy Spirit within us. I pray that we would burn for holiness like the Holy Spirit burns for us to walk in holiness. Lord, you said that you have made known your name and you would continue to make it known so that the love that the Father has for you would be in us, Jesus. So we ask you for that love to be in us. Passionate, obedient love. 
And God, we ask you that you would give us grace in this season to prepare for what's ahead. That you would give us grace for prayer. That you would give us grace for fasting. That you would give us grace for bold proclamation of the gospel. And as you are coming soon, as you're coming quickly, that you would use us to bring the wheat into the barn. That you would use us to bring the harvest from the harvest fields into your house. Your beautiful house that we would recline at your table. Just hear the Lord saying, go out to the highways, go out to the byways, go out to the cripple, go out to the poor, go out to the lame and invite them into my house. There's much room at my table. God, give us grace to do this. In Jesus' name we pray.